0: Hello and welcome to a special bonus Saturday DFS episode. I'm Matt Harmon from Yahoo here chatting with my buddy TJ Hernandez
1: from 4 for 4. TJ, what's going on, man? Matt, what's up? Uh, Welcome to week five. I'm excited about this slate. We have a lot of uh, premier players, especially in the passing game off of the slate. So it kind of sets up for for an interesting one. Um, Some people might call it ugly. I call it interesting. I love the... um
0: uh, optimistic silver linings view of <laughs> of a slate like you know yeah is it ugly maybe but you really could interesting sounds much better. Uh, yeah. I mean I feel like I end up going into every week being like, interesting slate again. I think I said that actually on Joe Hul- our buddy mutual friend I know you're on the show too Joe Holka's show this morning I said interesting slate of games this weekend and I'm like I actually don't know what I'm talking. Why am I saying this? I I do
1: <laughs> I do actually like these slates like where we don't have like the 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 Chiefs and the Ravens yeah. offenses that are always going to be project the Rams. the Seahawks Mm. games that are always going to be projected for like teams over 30 games that like 55. Um, I think it lets you, let's get a little bit more creative in those weeks. Like we're so pigeonholed into a couple games. Like we can still be creative around them, but on weeks like this, um, you can be really creative and be rewarded for it. It's, it's fun. It's, it's uh, very analogous to like a, a week one where you can, um, where, where we're not exactly sure who the highest scoring teams are really going to be.
0: And I mean, look at that, man. You're a professional. You just we didn't really know what we meant by this whole interesting thing. And you, you <laughs> saved it. I mean, at least I didn't know. So really, like the whole show goes is I'm just here and you're here to kind of save me on things. I mean, listen, we don't even have on the main slate. We don't even have the Jets or the Calvin Ridley Les Falcons. Uh, I mean, yeah,
1: yeah. What we, a real uh, barn
0: burner. We're missing on that one.
1: <laughs> I know we're just shipping our great offenses over to Europe and letting them have them. We don't need uh, them anymore. Uh,
0: we really do. We really do. Like, owe oh, <laughs> the London game an apology for that one. No, yeah, no, What a train. So,
1: we've been sending them Jacksonville for years. Sorry, I'm sorry. We we got a fan base listening. We're, we we yeah, like y'all, yeah, yeah. you guys. We just from a yeah, fantasy we, perspective, you know.
0: We know. We we love you guys. <laughs> I mean, listen. It's the Jets are are hot, coming off their first win, so they're they're white hot. We'll see what happens this weekend. But anyways, enough enough of the the banter. Enough of the revelry. Yeah. Little pre-show business before we get into the daily fantasy talk. Sign up for Yahoo Fantasy Plus. Take it for a test drive uh, with a free trial yahoo fantasyfootball.com slash plus uh, TJ I kind of ask you before every mm-hmm. we go through all the plays and stuff like how you know some kind of grand view lesson but I wanted to yeah. ask you about specifically two players this week because we've right. got two 40 plus players running yep. backs we talked a yep. lot about derrick henry last week's show and like yep. how to get up to derrick henry and uh our producer brett took like a mid-game victory lap uh, not a victory lap oh. but so, yeah, he says like oh. we're gonna have to like we're gonna have to apologize for the whole show about like all the derrick henry talk about and then he like scores a touchdown like two seconds later <laughs> actually yeah, he sent it to me as i was driving back from the yahoo studios when i got the message by the time i got home i was like i think I think it's fine. <laughs> it's funny, oh so. yes, do
1: not do not take those uh, DFS victory laps until there are zeros on that clock.
0: Yeah, cuz it can really get bad. It can really be, especially in daily fantasy, I mean, that it, you never send the screen never send the screenshot out of yourself and like, "Oh, check it out. I mean, I'm about to Oh, you never want to do that. Don't That's do that. Don't, don't do, it. do that. It's just a way to bring the pain. But um, you know, we are potentially I feel like CMC is going to play this week. Mm. Um, how are you navigating the situation with obviously Derrick Henry at forty two bucks, uh, CMC forty dollars, and like you said, we don't have some of these premier offenses, like the premier quarterbacks, for example, with like Mahomes or um, Josh Allen. Lamar Jackson's not on the main slate. Where are you looking at in terms of these two specific running backs?
1: Even if CMC plays, I don't know if we're guaranteed like a full CMC workload. So I think the argument for him would be that he's going to be on on relatively few number of rosters that game just doesn't set up that beautifully anyway um yeah. so unless we we get some word that he's definitely getting his 90% touch share, uh, I just don't know that he's a player even in tournaments that I'm going to be particularly interested in playing. I mean, Derek Henry, he, it's a it's a very similar spot to what we saw last week. Um, there's plenty of value to go around to be able to get him. A lot of guys that we're actually going to touch on that are men's salary or near minimum salary. So if you are playing cash games, I know Yahoo really does skew towards tournaments. Um, but if you're playing cash games, like uh, any head-to-heads or 50-50s, I'm jamming him in there. And then in tournaments, i um, people are getting more salary sensitive and and playing less of players like Derrick Henry. That's why we've seen roster rates um, below 30%, even in these really good spots sometimes. Uh, but but I think he's fair. And he's, he's not a player I'm playing 0% of or anything like that. Like Got when it. you have a player that expensive, if you are playing something like the baller and max entering him, it's more about your percentage shares of him. And I think having him in 40% of your lineups or something like that is fine
0: totally cool okay yeah that's kind of what i just wanted to get sort of uh, on the table since we've talked so much about like henry and McCaffrey specifically we haven't been able to talk about McCaffrey for a while because he plays on thursday night football misses last week so it was worth mentioning i think okay let's get into the business here let's start at quarterback i'm gonna let you open this up with your most expensive quarterback
1: yeah dak prescott up at 34 dollars, and that's pricey for a quarterback but um if we pair him to compare him to some of the other passers uh, four for four has Dak projected as the QB two right behind Kyler in projections, but he's seven dollars less than Kyler in Yahoo's salary and four dollars less than Brady. And and on Yahoo, even that four dollars that that <clears throat> that accounts for a relatively big percentage of of salary when we are trying to get, do things like like get to Derek Henry, get to some other expensive uh, pass catchers or running backs. Uh, the the. Cowboys do have the highest implied point total of the slate. I know we um, opened it up saying that there, there isn't a team that's like going to blow away the field in terms of point expectation, but Cowboys are top uh, 29 and a half points. And Dak, he, he hasn't been like throwing, he's not on pace to throw 800 times like we thought he was going to do going into the season, um, but he hasn't needed to. I mean, he's, he's Mm -hmm. not like the QB one or two, but he's, Enough, done enough to be very fantasy relevant and to do something like pay off a $34 salary, seventh in touchdown rate, top seven in adjusted yards per attempt. Uh He's thrown three plus touchdowns in three of his games. The only thing he hasn't done is added that rushing element. Um, I don't know if we're, we're going to see it because they are using both of both of their backs so much and not necessarily dropping back a ton to where Dak will pull it down and, and, add on those five or six runs but he might give you a couple and, and the giants they do rank bottom 10 against quarterbacks when adjusted for strength of schedule so it's setting up for another um nice 20 plus point game for Dak, like we've seen three times already this year he seems
0: extremely safe every single week, even in this in this spot, especially against the Giants. Like you mentioned, I think their defense has been a little bit disappointing this year. And I mean, Dak is just playing like out of his mind right now. He's, yeah. he's so he's playing so well, so efficiently. He hasn't needed the volume. We're going to talk a little bit about the pass catchers later on uh, in one of the sections. I, I, I'll bring that up. But anyways, yeah, I, I agree. Dak, really strong play there. My expensive quarterback, I would put him as pseudo expensive. for Jalen Hurts. Listen, Jalen Hurts like just keeps clearing 20 points every single week. Even if he doesn't play well, he just gets there. You know, I think it just like I look at it and he's behind guys. You know, I I considered Sam Darnold in the same game because I think that Eagles defense is just a nightmare right now from a rushing and passing perspective. But Jalen Hurts is a dollar cheaper. Jalen Hurts is the same price as Jared Goff. You know, yeah, J- Jalen Hurts is cheaper than Ryan Tannehill, uh, Joe Burrow, Jameis, Jameis Winston, not like, no, they're never going to let Jameis Winston throw 30 passes in a game. It's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. They're not, gonna, not yeah. going to allow that. Yeah. Uh, So, I mean, it's just like, I think from a salary perspective, he makes a ton of sense. I really actually like this game environment too. I think Carolina's offense has played well. I think the Eagles defense is, is super bad as well. So like I just think from the rushing perspective, we know he has a floor, and I do think we've seen also that he verifiably has a ceiling. I think he's getting better each and every week outside of that Dallas game.
1: Yeah, I mean, we we saw him. Obviously it was against the Chiefs, um, but go for over 300 yards. And and he's just adding so much with his legs, and his floor is so high. Like, he should be priced up around Aaron Rodgers, Kirk Cousins, Justin Herbert. Um, but the way he's priced, it's just, I mean, Yahoo's salary is so interesting. Like, people just might get weirded out with um, – with the double digit salaries that if they've played on yep. other sites, but, but the, the, they they give us these values sometimes that don't make sense, and Jalen Hurts is just one of those this week, and it, it opens up a lot to um to get really creative. And the reason I like Jalen Hurts a lot is because if you are playing him in tournaments, he does so much on his own that he's one mm-hmm. of the rare quarterbacks that you don't have to necessarily force in one of his pass catchers. Um, even in the largest field tournaments, you could just roll out Jalen and then load up on all the other players that you like, and not worry about having to stack his games.
0: Yeah, it, it makes so much. Ro- Any you know we've got. I'll bring up DJ more later, but great bring back candidates on the other side. Yeah. You know, we have um, just so much appeal there. I agree. I think Devontae Smith is not the worst play in the world this week um, because the air yards have been there. The volume has been there and he's just so, so good. But on obviously the Panthers secondary is kind of in transition uh, with, they just added Stefan Gilmore. I think what they said, he's going to come up. He's not going to play this week, but like, you know, like there's obviously a secondary in transition They just traded for CJ Henderson, who got burned for a touchdown last week. So <laughs> yeah, uh, there was
1: a good, uh, there was a good sound clip of Amari not realizing that it- it was uh, a guy that he went to one of his rival high schools and he was like, Oh, I didn't know that was his first game with them. I had no idea who that guy was. I just ran uh, past him and scored.
0: Uh, oh, that's great. <laughs> I, there are some really good in game sound clips. There was one I saw between like uh, I can't, or some random player on the Texans defense and Josh Allen. Like he just ran past, me. Hey, where'd you go to? Where'd you, where are you from in California? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, just, like, I, <laughs> just getting, like, Oh, I'm from Fresno. Do we, do we
1: know each other? Oh, great.
0: Yeah. Okay, cool, cool. And I like, just go back. <laughs> it's like this guy's putting up like yeah. just destroying your team right now. And yeah. just having a casual conversation like oh we're just gonna lose 40 to nothing but it's nice <laughs> to meet you man uh <laughs> anyways um i was a, like here talk about a surprise i was legit surprised to see your pick for a 20 dollar. like i get it 20 dollar quarterback yeah. but um talk to me about mac jones against the aforementioned houston texans which might just be the whole thesis behind your play here
1: it's it's like I said. It's one of those weeks where we don't have point projections, especially on the team level, that are blowing you away. So mm-hmm. the Patriots with uh, implied point total over twenty four, it's, it's it's kind of near the top. It's only their second time over twenty four points, and uh, this isn't the the run funnel. The Houston Tex- Texans, they're kind of bad across the board, but they're a bit of a run funnel. Not not as much as we saw against uh, as Tampa Bay, but we did see. Uh, Tampa Bay defense that if the way to attack them is through the air and Bill Mm -hmm. Belichick let Mac Jones do that he just let it throw a ton I think it was 50 plus times and Houston is kind of that team they're like top half of the league in adjusted points um, against running backs but they're last in schedule adjusted fantasy points to to quarterbacks they've allowed at least 22 Yahoo points in three of their four games they've allowed two passers to go over 300 yards and a lot of people look at these um, raw passing numbers or raw passing rates but if we look at um, passing rate over expectation, which is just like based on how and when teams pass based on their win probability, score differential, New England's passing at the fifth highest rate above mm. expectation. And they're also throwing at an above average rate in the red zone. So the way to attack Houston through the air, Bill Belichick is uh, he's going to be a. a play caller or well, uh, uh mcdaniel's is calling the plays but a coach that's going to let his team adjust to the strengths and weaknesses of other teams uh, and actually think this is our chance to see mac jones kind of turn that volume into a very efficient maybe even a ceiling game against a really bad houston secondary
0: i really like that call um yeah it I love that you bring up the schedule adjusted metric. I've started to use it more in my articles as well. Um, And like, it's just one of those things where it's, yeah, you you might think that the Texas defense looks bad because they got smoked by Josh Allen, but the schedule adjusting does do that for you. Um, It's, 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 it's it's actually a really good play. I didn't, I didn't consider it. And I'm glad that you brought that up because I, I would consider doing like a lot of Damian Harris this week, but backing off that a little bit, thinking about how they might just go like, dink and dunk through the air like slowly matriculate the offense down the field that makes a lot of sense to me another rookie quarterback who I think is interesting I mean I think we got to talk about Trey Lance at $23 gonna I think he's gonna start you know we're we're taping this on Thursday Jimmy Garoppolo did not practice today was not uh, involved at all so I I don't expect Garoppolo to play I never really expected Garoppolo to play I think I still think they're kind of doing like a save his his save his pride sort of thing for old Jimmy there but uh, who knows (laughs) Um, one way or another I think Trey Lance starts this week and you know, when you look at Arizona's defense, they're not quite as drastic as what you just talked about with Houston, but they're definitely stronger against the pass, like pass rush perspective than they are on the ground. seems silly to talk about that with the quarterback, but we know that Trey Lance, like he took off rushing seven times in one half. He had f- 20 plus fantasy points in one half. Like it, yeah. it's this, the the floor is going to be there for him as your fantasy starter. And I really think when you look at the way, just watching the Cardinals on film and it, like it shows up statistically, they've, they've allowed for, like, they've allowed, I think, the 10th highest yards per carry, seven touchdowns on the ground. They struggle with their run fits because they're so aggressive. So there are times when they just will leave these wide open gaps in the rushing game. We said, like, we saw Kyle Shanahan say after the game last week, I didn't draw, like, that was not a game plan drawn up for Trey Lance. We didn't know he was going in until, like, the last minute of the start of the second half. I think this time they're going to have some stuff drawn up for Trey Lance. Like, I, TJ, like, from a bold prediction standpoint, I wrote in our article this week that I wouldn't be surprised if he goes for, like, 100 yards on the ground in his first start. Like, I think from a rushing standpoint, they could be that aggressive uh, on the ground San Francisco.
1: Yeah, the one of the um, the beat reporters for the Niners that that works for the Athletic was asked what what the game plan is going to look like for the Niners, and his quote was something to the, to the effect of like it's going to be back to the future when Shanahan had um, Robert Griffin as a rookie yeah. and, and and Alfred Morris, and basically all they did was run, and, and Griffin ran for um, almost 900 yards that season, I believe. So Crazy. I, I think yeah, so I think it's it's going to be a situation where uh, they they are just going to let Trey Lance run like crazy and and he's going to have we saw a flash of the passing upside right he hit debo mm-hmm. for 70 for 76 yard touchdown and he's not going to throw it 40 times he's probably not going to be a, an uber efficient passer right out the gate um but he can be efficient in terms of, of touchdowns if yes. he doesn't throw a bunch and, and can let you know let Ayuk let let debo let Kittle do what they do best uh there's a chance where those pass catchers can um turn his his passing into big days because they're really good they're all really good with the ball uh, so yeah. I, I love Trey Lance this week.
0: Yeah. And I mean, it's just the outside, the numbers thing. Like they're going to, Jimmy does not throw outside the numbers. He's exactly. not throw downfield. Like that's why Debo has been eating so much. I don't think Debo's going to stop eating or anything, but like, no. that's a big, big part of it is that he's going to open up the full field. Hopefully is Trey Lance. So we shall see. I'm excited to watch it. I'm excited to watch all these NFC West games, but especially this one, uh, this weekend. All right, let's move to running backs and give me your first, uh, expensive running back. He's actually just 23 bucks.
1: Yeah, not not expensive uh, in absolute ter- terms, but I mean, relative to the field, he's priced as the RB11, but uh, Saquon Barkley at $23 is still... Priced too low is the argument. Too RD low. 11. What are we doing? Too, too what are low. we doing? I mean, yeah, it's, it's so it's it's just a straight usage um, versus salary thing here for Squaloni. He's, he's um, one of four running backs that has seen his touch share increase every single week. Obviously, um, they they did say an ease him back in plan, and it's literally been ease him back in. He's seen a gradual increase every single week up until last week. Ninety percent of the backfield touches third highest um, in backfield touch share in week four, and even with his ease in to uh, the workload he's fifth in routes run per drop back among all running backs on the season uh, so all of that puts him as a top three positional value uh, on four for four there's lots of ways to attack this um, game uh, between New York and Dallas I really like going with Saquon um, as any any way I'm building around this game I like including Saquon in it because he is just so cheap outside of the top 10 running backs
0: yeah, I agree. I think he's just too cheap for the amount of workload he's gonna get. So I I totally love that one. I so I wrote this on the outline as
1: <laughs> I love, Nick, it. I love Nick, it. I love it, I love it.
0: Well, initially I wanted to go Austin Eckler at $28 <laughs> yeah. in this in the same game. Mm-hmm. And because Austin Eckler, by the way, is a 67 67%. First and second down success rate, like early down success rate is a really good metric for just like, again, how you're moving the ball, get first downs, touchdowns, whatever on early downs. I think that's encouraging for Austin Eckler, who's typically we're thinking of like a third down back. I think he's ready to like take that next up. We saw him have a great game on Monday night. So I was like, oh, Austin Eckler, 28 bucks. And then I thought to myself, I'm like, I'm trying to be smart about this. Right. So, but I want you I want you to clear this with me as if this is if I'm either two galaxy branding myself or i'm actually not thinking about it enough enough nick chubb at 28 the browns are road underdogs two and a half point dogs to the la chargers typically this would not be the setup for a nick chubb type game right like because kareem hunt has been out there whatever you know you typically want to use nick chubb in games where or he, nick chubb is going let me say this you're going to be Nick Chubb is going to be popular in games where the Browns are favored. They can really Mm -hmm. just sit on the ball, whatever. But and obviously that does not not really the setup here against the Chargers. The Chargers can sling it. They're a really good offense, whatever they're at home. Or whatever that's worth, <laughs> they're at home. <laughs> and but Nick I, don't know, Chubb... I don't
1: know how well the Browns are traveling, uh, Browns yeah. fans are traveling in California. Yeah. I think they'll be all right. No,
0: nah, no, nah, they'll be all right. It won't be like when the Raiders came out to thunderous applause in their own yeah. home stadium. <laughs> um, that was a tough scene, but Nick Chubb going against this run defense which i think this defense is a run funnel for sure. Yes. I know Josh yeah. Jacobs and i mean what's whatever Josh Jacobs has got in his body at this point was not able to take advantage of uh that run defense on monday night. But i think like it's kind of again tell me if it's too galaxy brainish or if i'm on the right track here.
1: I'm just never on the chub train in dfs just because i'm he's such a a guess. Um he's always going to be splitting work with Hunt and especially when he, like, I'm never eating the chalk on Nick Chubb. Obviously, he's not going to be chalky this week. I will say that the Chargers, they keep everything in front of them, so you're not going to be able to beat them deep. They have a spectacular pass rush, so it's not a team that you're going to want to, to drop back a lot against, and the Browns are already a team that doesn't do that. We saw what happened. With the Raiders last week, they yeah. Derek Carr just got destroyed by the pass rush, and then he kind of went into kind of went into a shell. Actually, got called out for going into a shell. Oh, don't Most say that though. It'd make Derek <laughs> Carr mad, It'd make him upset though. <laughs> well, I, it looked like making him upset worked pretty good last week. Um, <laughs> so. uh, I, I mean this is we have seen teams when they're playing against the Chargers, the, the way to attack them is on the ground. We we saw it with the Clyde Edwards Hilaire play as chalk a couple weeks ago. So I mean I, I do think it is the way to attack them. I just think that for Chubb to pay off because he isn't seeing like a ton of passing down work and and uh, he might go for for a hundred, but though though huge running back share isn't going to be there because of hunt like you almost always need him to score twice to pay off at least in tournaments so he's just kind of a player like in the past we've talked about you need to guess your derrick henry weeks obviously that hasn't been the case this year um nick chubb is one of those players just going it feels like you always have to guess his week so he's just kind of a player that never really makes it in my player pool that makes sense so that's that's, i don't know if that's answering your question for week five maybe i'm just dancing around it
0: i think it would the answer to it then is clearly that it is a guess, and I think yeah. I'm willing to guess that this is one of his big weeks. I'm willing to make the guess this week, but um, I would understand if if somebody else is not. Talk to me about your second running back here, who had a really nice showing on Sunday Night Football. For somebody on the Bucks, had a nice showing on Sunday Night Football.
1: Yeah, uh, Leonard Fournette at eighteen dollars is four for four's top running back value. He's our top three value um, across all positions. Tampa Bay's favored by 10.5 points against the Dolphins. That's the biggest uh, spread uh, of the week. And Leonard Fournette, 20 touches in a regular season game last week for the first time since December 2019. Now, we did see Tampa Bay in the playoffs last year. Once they, they decided that they could give Fournette 20 touches, they... Started kind of leaning on him. He had three games in the playoffs um, with 20 touches. In this game, sets up as another game where they can uh, attack on the ground. Miami is 30th in schedule-adjusted points allowed to running backs. They've allowed three 100-yard rushers, uh, and they've also allowed the Bills' rushers to combine for over 100 yards. So every backfield, every backfield has combined for over 100 yards on the ground um, against Miami last week. And I, I think we we expected, we called the the Jonathan Taylor get-right game against Miami last week. And I, I was that last week, or was that the week before? We'll say um, it was last
0: week. It sounds good.
1: <laughs> um, but Fournette gets that gets uh, a really bad Miami um, run defense this week as well.
0: Hey man, I, I kind of don't know why the Bucks haven't just turned to Fournette as their their clear cut guy before last week. You know, like. Enough with the Ronald uh, – enough with the Ronald Jones thing, man. Like, yeah. it, we get it. We we get it with Ronald Jones. We know what we have there at, the, at this point. Like, he's not going to suddenly, like, become one of the best backs in the league. So, Fournette's, like, whatever – he's not as bad as like pe- people love to rip on Leonard Fournette he's not that he's not as bad as people like to rip on him he's just not like the guy that should have been drafted fourth overall but I feel like we sure. knew that at the time why are we still counting that all these years later um, and he can be like functional in the pass. he's going to drop a few but he can at least be functional in the passing game <laughs> yeah. so with with Gio still ailing so I like that I mean at $18 I like that a lot more than my $18 uh, play now at this point Damian Williams I did put down here just simply as a volume-based guy I think the Bears will continue to be rather run heavy um the matchup is kind of whatever against the raiders both from like a game flow perspective and from just a pure matchup perspective but i mean listen austin eckler ripped them up and like i don't i don't think their run defense is completely fixed i think their pass defense has definitely taken a step forward their pass rush has definitely taken a step forward but i'm remain unconvinced that the raiders are not a run defense to exploit so Matchups are right here for Damian Williams, not to and I think the volume will be there for Damian Williams. So I, this will probably be the cheapest he is during his uh, time replacing David Montgomery
1: yeah I think he's a fine play um, again he's, he's a, a volume versus salary play and we've seen Damian Williams pop in and um, start duty before he, he's got uh, workhorse type type touches uh, when he's been asked to step in um, obviously with the Chiefs not with the Bears but um, we've seen him be able to step into these roles before and I think this is a spot where where he'll be able to do it and and who knows I mean Chicago has a really good pass rush themselves so we don't we can't necessarily bank on yeah. the Raiders having a big bounce back game this week they have similar struggles to what they saw and if they keep it close that's good for Damian williams game flow
0: that's kind of my thought was like i don't think the raiders are going to just take it way out here and yeah. you know david montgomery was a guy that was like among the league leaders and touches here so like i think that they're just going to basically turn and give that workload to Damian williams like i don't see like khalil herbert or something yeah, like, I mean, if herbert if herbert's a guy you might want to stash in your leagues because williams has did kind of have an injury and has an injury history, but nevertheless, like I think in this game, as long as he's healthy, he can probably push for 20 plus touches and at $18, that's a pretty good little bargain there. All right, enough of these running backs. Let's move to the best position on the field. Let's talk about wide receivers here. I think both of our top wide receiver picks are just like inappropriately priced. Uh, let's start with yours, uh, Terry McLaurin.
1: Best position on the field. Uh, one of best Matt Harmon players uh, in history, Terry McLaurin at $22.00 four for four does a wide receiver breakout model and basically what we do is calculate expected points based off all of their usage over the last three weeks Terry McLaurin is eighth in expected mm. points among all pass catchers that's just not wide receivers it includes tight ends as well eight a month all pass catchers and expected points um, New Orleans when we adjust for strength of schedule 25th against wide receivers we've seen DJ Moore go for eight seventy-nine and one on 11 targets uh, Jacoby Myers nine for 94 on 14 targets Kenny Galladay last week went for six for 116 on seven targets so those number ones against the Saints um, defense have been doing really well. Uh, and he just fits. The, there's there's a, a cluster of very valuable wide receivers this week that are just very oddly priced for some reason. There's five players on the slate that are averaging 9.5 targets and a target share above 30%. We have Devontae all the way up at $33. Then we get Debo down at $24. Then we get a dip down to Terry McLaurin at $22. And then there's two more at $20. One of them is... Well
0: first let me just talk I'm not going <laughs> to let you just like let me lead right into TJ Moore here but before not talking about Terry McLaurin I mean number one <laughs> I was smiling over here not just because I love Terry McLaurin but also like you could have just said for the giant uh, for the Saints analysis like Damn Saints defense let old John Ross get behind them for like a 52 yeah, I, yard I touchdown. I guess
1: that's more important than any number one receiver going off against them. Yeah, huh?
0: right. And they let old like <laughs> Kadarius Tony had a pretty decent game. That guy doesn't even know how to run routes, but he was getting oh, off man. the line of scrimmage against uh, against some of these Saints cornerbacks. So, yeah, yeah I mean. I think it's not a bad spot for Curtis Samuel either. I don't know if I have the stones to play Curtis Samuel because he's still coming back from an injury and was mostly a part-time player last week, but I think from, like, from maybe not from, probably not from a daily fantasy perspective with the entire you know, pool available to you. Yo, go ahead.
1: I, I actually think Curtis Samuel might catch some steam going into the week. I think there's going to be a couple really? of touts that are going to be talking him up because of of all the things you just um, you just mentioned. So, I mean, I he's not going to be, like, a chalky player, but I think he could end up being, like, Ten percent of lineups because he's so cheap. And I don't Yeah, and I, I, think I mean, I don't know if if I'm I have the stones to play him either.
0: I mean, the thing is, too, like, the Saints are a very man coverage-heavy defense. Terry McGoran, Curtis Samuel, great at beating man coverage, and no Logan Thomas. And I'm not – like, Ricky right. Seals Jones yes. ain't stepping up to, like, become a target hog there. So, <laughs> no, like, they're going to no. need Curtis Samuel. Deami Brown yeah. hasn't really played that well, in, which he's a rookie. I'm not worried about it. But, yeah. like, he you know, he hasn't played that well in the absence of Samuel. So I think they have big plans for Samuel. They want him out there. I think he could – the more I'm thinking about it, the more I kind of like it. I mean, he's $14, so it, I kind of like our two cheaper plays more than Curtis Samuel. But anyways, let me finish here with DJ Moore. There's not a lot to say, dude. DJ Moore, why is he 20 bucks? Like, he's a stud. He's he's an it's, alpha receiver. We've been talking. I feel like we've mentioned DJ Moore literally every episode of the podcast.
1: Did did his salary go down or did it just stay? I the same? I think it stayed I mean, the same. Yeah, that's it's crazy.
0: It stayed the same. DJ Moore has been getting red zone looks too. Actually, getting looks near the end zone, which is what we want to see. The targets are there overall. The skill set is there. The A dot is where we want it to be. And, I mean, I think last week, like we were talking about, maybe Chuba Hubbard can take over some of that passing downward. No, they just were nope. like, let me just, Sam Darnold's like, let me just keep relying on this guy who is is the guy here in DJ yeah. Moore. And uh, the Eagles stink. Uh, they were just <laughs> destroyed last week. I think that Sam Darnold can have another steady game. And, like, DJ Moore's just, I'm almost ready to just say he's, like, going to, Trying to say exactly what I want to say here, which is number one, I want to, well, you know what? I'll just say both things. Number one, I think he's like a guy we could almost bank on for like nine plus targets a week. And yeah. two, I think by the end of the year, he's going to be a $30 receiver. So until he is a $30 receiver, I'm going to play DJ Moore every single week until he gets up into that range.
1: Yeah, he should be. I mean, his, his usage is any usage metric you look at. He's in the cooper cup Devonte adams range and there's there's no reason for it to fall off and he's as good as talented as any receiver in the league right i mean yeah. he's just he's great um he's, great. he's in a great scenario um they're using him like he should be used so i i agree with you and even when he does get up to 30 probably still going to be usable
0: yeah he'll be in play there but like until he's at that point like i will play him every yep. single week until he's there So good. We can just clip that uh, and play that like whatever. Classic me, by the way, where it's like, I'm going to keep this simple. And then we just talked about DJ Moore for three minutes. (laughs) Let's
1: automate the whole podcast. Yeah. yeah, Just keep playing that every week.
0: We can have the CMC discussion, the Derrick Henry discussion, (laughs) uh, the Nick Chubb discussion, the DJ Moore discussion. Boom. There's the show. We don't even have to show up here to do this podcast anymore. Just, uh, you know, (laughs) auto tune our uh, voices to say like week 12 or whatever. I don't know. Beautiful. <laughs> stupid i'm such an idiot all right darno mooney 12 but 12 bucks you've got him uh, as your cheaper receiver player
1: um another wide receiver that ju- whose salary just isn't matching up with the workload he's been seeing seven plus targets in three of his four games uh we saw his targets per route run spike last week with justin fields he was 17th in air yards with 118 air yards he's one of two players averaging over six, at least six and a half targets, and at least 25% of his team's targets. That is priced below $15. He's going to be next to another popular player in Damian Williams, but I think you can get a lot of value, especially if you just like. I do think there is some sneaky ways to stack stack this game, um, save a lot of salary, and then just get up to a lot of the studs. But uh, like I said, he's just so cheap compared to the workload that that he's been getting, and we saw that big spike with Fields last week, and a lot yeah. of Times a lot of times those things just carry over. Like when when the new quarterback finds his new target, as much as you know, we think it, it maybe you think it should be Allen Robinson. Um, so many times these rookie quarterbacks or new quarterbacks come in and they just have their guy, and that might be the case with Mooney and Fields. Yeah, I mean
0: Mooney's a good player too. So yeah. like I think he's a role player. He's probably not a long-term number two receiver, but I do think like his his big weeks are worth chasing. I mean, when you just look at weighted opportunity right now, like target share combined with air yards you're going to look at the top 12 and you're one of these things is not going to look like the other it's Darnell Mooney's up (laughs) there with some of these like elite stud receivers in the NFL. So yeah, I mean, I definitely think that Darnell Mooney is worth chasing in this spot for sure. Um, Similar price range. Look, man, one of these damn weeks, one of these damn weeks, Jacoby Myers is going to score a touchdown. I feel like if I go on, like basically what I've been doing so far through the 2021 NFL season, TJ is like, I've gone on each show, not, not like H one each week, but yeah. one show a week and just predict that this is the week that Jacoby Myers scores his first career touchdown. So we're going to make it here this time this week. I'm going to say Jacoby Myers is going to score his first career touchdown this week.
1: He's <laughs> got to do it. Right. I mean, well, listen, this is like a, Turning into a a surprisingly uh, Patriots-heavy show with what we have coming up next, but I already talked about why why like Mac Jones, um, why like attacking Houston through the air. They're they're vulnerable through the passing game. So if Mac Jones is gonna have a big game, why not his number one wide receiver?
0: I mean, Jacoby Myers is getting stud receiver usage. He's Mm -hmm. like number three in routes run in the entire NFL. He's top ten in targets, top ten in catches. The explosive plays haven't been there, which. I think it's because of the way they're calling offense and also just because of Jacoby Meyer's skill set. Like he's a guy who wins short and intermediate. He's not really a vertical threat. But um, I mean, damn it, man. Like he's just on an he is on an absurdly historic like touchdown drought. So at yeah. some point he's scoring a touchdown. I project him in my it's fearless very, forecast. It's weird, right? I mean it's just Yeah, it's, it's very,
1: p- it's very Danny Amendola-esque yeah but
0: i mean he's also probably got the best arm on the patriots too by the way (laughs) he's he can sling that thing um but i mean it is it's weird I projected him for eight catches and 101 yards in my fearless forecast this week because uh, I think I had previously said he was going to score his first touchdown in fearless forecast. And like I said, I'm trying to spread that prediction out over the show. So eventually we can just run one of these clips back when I get it right. Um, That is how you do professional uh, football media, baby. That's a little note to all the kids out there. All right. Let's move along to tight end. Like you mentioned, you've got yet another Patriot here.
1: Uh, Johnny Smith down at $15. He's the leader in targets per route run among tight ends. He's tied for the most targets inside the 10-yard line among tight ends. The Texans are last in schedule-adjusted fantasy points allowed to tight ends. This is only the second time the Patriots have had an implied point total over 25 points this season. And he's not even the most expensive tight end on his own team. What else do I have to say about Jonu Smith this week?
0: I don't know, man. I mean, are you worried that he's got a lot of targets per route run because he's not actually running that many routes?
1: Yeah, I mean, for sure, but that's why <laughs> people aren't, I mean, yeah, that's why people aren't going to be on him, I think. Like, his snaps are down compared to Hunter Henry, but even with that, targets somewhat comparable, and then those high-value targets, those targets inside the 10, he already has three this year. That's up there with with Gronk, with Higby, with Kyle Pitts, um, you know, um, among the leaders in targets near the goal line, and, and those are the money targets, especially especially in a half PPR scoring system like Yahoo.
0: Yeah. I put Darren Waller down here just because I think like Darren Waller's gone too long without a monster game. There, this is I mean, talk about like just simple of simple analysis here. We have seen the Bears be weaker in the slot and, you know, down the middle of the field in terms of coverage. So there is some of that there. But, you know, I, I do think there's this is a great week to look at like that 15, 16 dollar range at tight end. And I think if you wanted to be a little different than the field, you know, Waller's gone three straight games with seven targets after having 19 in week one. I mean, 19 obviously was an anomaly. But, you know, it's just like I said, this is very narrative ish, but would not surprise me if this is like it's been too long since Waller has had a big game.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I mentioned with, um, with Mooney and, and you talking about Damian Williams, like this is just an interesting game to stack. It's one of those spots where when we suddenly start having all, all these value pieces, I think people kind of forget that it could be a spot where we can just kind of start throwing them all together um, and, and have some combinations that are a little bit unique. Cause it, we are thinking about them as as these one off plays. And I don't think the Raiders or the Bears are teams that people are t- typically thinking about game stacking. So he kind of fits in with those cheap bears that we discussed and, and they open up the salary to get to him. So it, it um it is just kind of kind of fits very nicely.
0: Yeah, I'm kind of like I think the conventional wisdom about the Bears is that, you know, they're just going to be a bad offense for the rest of the year. And I mean, listen, I get it. I don't know. I'm kind of talking myself into how this can work out as long as Nagy gets the hell out of the way. And I feel like because Bill Lazor has call, is calling the plays now, that's definitely better. And the fact that I mean, there's you you will never be able to convince me that Matt Nagy came to the decision to start Justin Fields the rest of the season on his own. You not will not. Chance. No not chance. chance. Because after all the Andy Dalton BS on Monday, I guarantee you either like someone on ownership came down and was like, no start the kid, get out of here. And like, as long as Nagy I, is getting out of the way, I think we're, we're going to be in an all right spot.
1: Didn't Nagy go out of his way to say that it was his decision. It's like, Hey man, that sounds oh. a lot like a That sounds a lot like a guy whose decision it wasn't. Just like
0: after <laughs> uh, the game, uh, just like after the game against, um, what the hell team they play last, uh, the, the Lions, after the, yeah. after the Lions game, you know, he says like, I'm not talking about who's calling plays any week because anymore, because he's, what i mean what is yeah sorry matt nagy but what a what a small thing to do like you know it if bill laser did a good job and you gotta win just take it bro like you're trying to save your job man i don't know anyways that's it's enough matt nagy talk the people really want to not talk about matt nagy they want to talk about cameron brait tj
1: cameron brait uh his snaps have increased every week uh since uh week one obviously that has to do uh with grok's injury but uh, Brate saw 64% of the snaps with Gronk out last week. Cameron Brate's targets have increased every week along with those snaps. Um, he had six targets last week for a 14% share, and that lines up with what we were seeing from Gronk. Obviously, Gronk was scoring the touchdowns, but his target shares the first three weeks, 17%, 14%, 14%. 14% is what Cameron Brate saw last week. Uh, the Bucks have the highest, uh, not the highest, but one of the highest implied point totals on the slate. They are the biggest favorites on the slate, which being a favorite does add actually set up well um, for tight ends. And if we look at how Cameron Britt was used, not just targets, but he was getting deep targets. He had a higher average target depth than Antonio Brown or Mike Evans last week. Mm. Is that sustainable? Probably not. But the point is that if if they are going to use him down the field and, and use him in a relatively high volume situation, um, he's going to more than, than pay off his salary, at least in terms of usage, all the way down at the minimum
0: $10. Yeah, I mean, again, Ten dollar tight end. You get you get Mac Jones at twenty bucks. You get Jacoby Myers at thirteen. Make that little stack there, or Johnny Smith yep. if you just like TJ better. Um, and uh, you play Cameron Braid at ten dollars a tight end. Man, like I mean, you're you're gonna get you're gonna get. That's how you get up to Derrick Henry. That's how you get, get up to me. Derrick
1: Henry. Yep. You're
0: gonna get to Derrick Henry. You're gonna get to a lot more than just Derrick Henry too. There's a lot uh, you can do when you're building with those cheaper guys to start right there. All right, my guy is Mike Geseki. Good usage, P- pretty good spot here, I think. Yep. You know, whatever. He's he's better than sixteen dollars. I don't know.
1: <laughs> no, I mean his his I b- I believe his targets per game are up to six and a half, and that's increased um um a bit with with Brissett in there. Um and it's a spot where Miami, they're probably going to throw the ball and throw it quite well. So gasecki has been a big part of that with Brissett in there. Uh and he's he's a, a fair price at sixteen bucks.
0: I think that people will look at this Tampa Bay matchup and try to talk themselves into Jalen Waddle. They'll try to talk themselves into Devonte Parker because of the secondary injuries that Tampa Bay is dealing with right now. The fact that they've been so beatable by wide receivers overall, but gaseki basically is a wide receiver so i think he's like the kind of backdoor way to get to the upside of that matchup i mean there's not gonna be huge upside because it's jacoby Brissett, but um they're gonna be throwing no. the ball like you mentioned but They're going to there's be throwing no the ball. way they're
1: running the ball right so i mean yeah, they, no they, might, they don't know they who, who they're running the ball it. with anyways yeah exactly so they might have to just they're they're gonna run plays and those plays are probably gonna be passed so i mean even if Brissett has a horrible line somebody can easily have a you know in a horrible passing game, you can still go for 600 if you're throwing it 40, 45 times. And Goseki can can have that type of line this week.
0: There you go. I am so jealous that you picked this defense.
1: Washington, again, another bare minimum salary, ten dollars. Um, I, I just kind of like the way this sets up. Uh Jordan Vanek writes a, a value column uh for Yahoo uh from four for four and, and just pointed out like Washington, they their defense that they're pretty good against the run. They're going. To, they're struggled against the pass, but New Orleans doesn't want to no. throw the ball. So yeah. Washington is going. They they at least can kind of push New Orleans to hopefully do that, force Jameis to throw more than they want to. I know they've been getting some Taysom Hill packages in there, but force Jameis into throwing it more than they want to. Hopefully, get bad Jameis. And I'm going to like hope in this spot that Washington's passer. I mean, I. It's kind of inexplicable how yes. bad their pass rush has been after how good they were last year, right? And New Orleans' is bottom 10 in adjusted sack, rates, uh, sack rate allowed according to Football Outsiders. So, I mean, I, I think we have to see some kind of reversion by this Washington pass rush. Maybe last year was the anomaly, but I don't think that they are the worst pass rush in the league. Um, so I, I think we should start to see that turn around a little bit, especially if they can force New Orleans to throw more than they want to.
0: Yes. Um I love the ten dollar play there. I really almost, you know, in our like analyst DFS lineup, our FFL lineup, I, I was really consider I'm still I mean, obviously I got a lot of time until then. I can still do it. But um uh yeah, I really was considering it too because like I know they want to make Jameis a game manager, but Jameis is still Jameis, which is by the way, insane that it's like game manager Jameis. But um they don't throw the ball well, they don't throw the ball efficiently, and I I do think, yeah, at some point Washington has to get right. They've played <sighs> They played like a, whatever schedule so far. Mm-hmm. I mean, Matt Ryan is, is not that good anymore. He like threw a, f- a f- that was a absolute lollipop on that touchdown to Cordero Patterson, to Cordero, but still oh, man, we'll see if they can get right at some point. Um, I'll tell you what doesn't take a, let me, I will keep this short. The Patriots at $16 against Davis mills, Davis mills is Davis mills. And he's 32nd in EPA per drop back among quarterbacks was shut out last week by the bills.
1: I'll leave it at that cuz that one's pretty easy I think.
0: That one's yeah, that one's easy. That one's easy. I took the easy route there. I took the layup. All right, talk to me about your flex play who I really like here.
1: I'm glad you like this one. And it's one that that I kind of stumbled on um, late in my research. And we've actually talked about this game a bunch, but stacking it and maybe finding spot to get unique. I think Henry Ruggs at $15 is a really interesting way to get unique. Um, we already mentioned Damien Williams, Darnell Mooney, Darren Waller, all could be relatively popular plays this week. Henry Ruggs, I do not think will be a popular play at all. Car Derek Carr's top three in intended air yards. Henry Ruggs, his 112 air yards per game, uh, ranks eighth among players that have played all four games this year. He saw season-high 81% snap share last week. I mentioned four-for-four's expected points model when I was discussing Tara McLaurin. Henry Ruggs top 17 in um, expected points among all pass catchers over the last three weeks. Chicago's 27th in schedule-adjusted fantasy points allowed. Going back to those air yards between Carr and Ruggs, Chicago's allowed the Seventh most completions on passes twenty or more yards downfield.
0: Yeah, I mean he, I think he has the highest A dot among like starting receivers in the NFL right now, so it makes sense from a big play perspective. My flex play here uh, is James Conner. I know this is a little weird, but Chase Edmonds not practice uh, didn't he was like off to the sideline in Thursday mm-hmm. practice. It's one to monitor. I would say only if Chase Edmonds doesn't play. Yeah. Only if Chase Edmonds yeah. doesn't play and but, but like look, think about it this way, TJ. And this is also like I'll give a season long take here. Why I think James Conner is like one of the best sneaky trade targets right now, because I mean, the guy has he's sort of basically um I think I said this on the podcast with Dalton. He's kind of like what I wanted AJ Dillon to be this year, which is like a guy who has f- like what the heck flex value um every single week because he's he has some, he has a pretty decent amount of usage, but also is just like getting goal line carries and a really high powered offense. Um, So he sort of has that, what the heck flex appeal. But like if Chase Edmonds goes down, you know, he has monster upside because I know he's injury prone, but he looks great right now. Uh, he's playing really well this year. Obviously like he might just be a guy who has 500 yards and, 11 touchdowns this year. I Mm -hmm. think that's in the range of outcomes, but um, we've seen James Conner be a three down back before, like not over the course of a a 16, 17 game season, because he just, he's just not, can't handle that load I guess and I mean whatever but from in a short game sample like if Chase Edmonds was to miss this game I think James Conner instantly becomes a candidate for like 20 touch or 20 touches in um, a game where I I I think the Cardinals are a better team than the 49ers I I expect them to win this game even if I like Trey Lance's chances Um, I think the Cardinals will be playing a positive game strip that's good for James Conner at just $19 I don't think he's a guy that people will click on
1: yeah, be, before um, we did see Chase Edmonds limited um, on the sideline in that practice, he's a player that actually wrote up as one that I like in tournaments, but I think the point is that this backfield is just in a really good spot against the 49ers as big favorites. Um, I, I think that this backfield can be very similar to to what we've seen from, from Baltimore backfields, at least in the sense that they're probably not going to get a ton of yardage and carry opportunity, touch opportunity, even though they are combining for 31 touches per game, but there's a ton of touchdown equity from this backfield even if you can't figure out who to play so if one of them does go down or or if one of them is out for one week then the other one just has upside that's that's through the roof even if they aren't seeing you know 24 25 touches per game they could get it in there twice um, because this offense is so efficient moving the ball so well that they're going to be able to give someone like connor multiple touches inside the 10 or the five yard line
0: yeah, I just think he's kind of a sneaky play and in, in general over the course of the season, like there are going to be some games where James Conner pops, obviously. All right, let's talk fades here. Uh you've got a you've got a pretty interesting one to start with.
1: Yeah, I I, I think this was your fade. Last week, I mean, it's week five, and it's already all blending together. But, uh but, but, Najee Harris um, against the Broncos. Broncos are one of two teams that rank top ten in every against every single position and schedule adjusted points allowed. Their third against running backs. Um, Chase Claypool limited in practice. If he does return, I i with a full complement of their their uh three receivers that that dings Najee Harris's uh target and, and catch upside. Even though we don't know if Roethlisberger can throw it more than five yards anyway. Denver has allowed. 26 yards, 47 yards, 24 yards, 59 yards to starting running back. So if um, against a tough de- defensive, if, if Najee isn't seeing seven or eight targets, um, it, it could be a, a pretty tough floor game. Even though all of his snap share and running back share numbers are through the roof, um, this could be a really ugly one against a really good Denver defense.
0: We know there's going to be some ugly games for the Steelers offense at some point. I mean, I love how Von Miller, I couldn't tell if he was trying to who's being complimentary of current Ben or insulting of form, former Ben. And then he said, like, <laughs> I see the same old Roethlisberger to me. Like, I mean, that could, <laughs> it could go both ways in that. That could be a compliment or an insult uh, with that quote there. I'll, I'll talk about the Cowboys receivers here. Love mm-hmm. Dak, as you mentioned. Um, I think Dak is a guy who we might get to a point where we just want to play Dak and, and like not stack him, you know, because they don't. I mean, they're they're throwing the ball efficiently, but they're not throwing the ball with a lot of volume right now. yeah. And if you just look at the target shares for these guys, CD lamb, 23.5% of the targets, Amari Cooper, 19.3% of the targets and Dalton Schultz at 20.5. Like that's really not what we signed up for, you know, no. with these Cowboys receivers and Michael Gallup isn't even playing right now. At some right. point that's going to come and change things. So from a matchup perspective, there is some appeal, but still I find myself not wanting to guess between the two. Um, like I think there were scenarios where like both would be correct, but I don't know if that exists right now in the current iteration of the Cowboys offense. Their defense is too good, they're running the ball too well, and they're getting their ancillary players too involved.
1: Yeah, they they the Cowboys are they are two players, Amari Cooper, um and CeeDee Lamb that like pop as value plays on 4 for 4 because of their median projections but I didn't include them in my cash game player pool because I think both of their floors floor just so low so much of what we projected this offense for uh, as I mentioned with that was predicated on the fact that we thought they were going to be throwing it 40 times a game or something like that um, and combining that with a very concentrated target share we got the concentrated target share the first couple of weeks with the and CD, and then when Gallup went down we're like oh they're both going to see 30% of targets yeah, <laughs> there's no way it's not going to happen and that's just not what's happening their running backs are so involved and and deck's so efficient and they're just i mean even if deck is crazy efficient it's it's kind of similar to like a a Brown situation the last couple of years where like Jarvis Landry and and Odell can see 25% of the targets each, but that's still only seven targets per game. And that's kind of what it is right now with these guys. So um yeah, it's tough to rely on, on them without um, without the volume. And you know, you could you could flip a coin and, and try to guess which one you're you're playing with Dak in a tournament, but um I definitely don't think you could trust their floors at all right now.
0: At twenty five and twenty four dollars, I mean, there's just too much. We love too much about this twenty to twenty two range with receivers. Like we mentioned, Terry McLaurin. We obviously mentioned DJ Moore. You know, Deontay Johnson is in there every single week. Jamar Chase is in there this week without Jair Alexander. Debo is in the same range as those Cowboys guys. I mean, Marvin Jones is twenty bucks. So Marvin Jones without DJ Chark is twenty dollars. I consider talking about him this week. So especially this week and always going forward, I'll be a little hesitant with these Cowboys receivers, but. TJ, that's going to do it for us. Uh, anything you got before we get out of here, man?
1: If you want to get last second uh, GPP thoughts, check it out on Four Four Four. We do a subscriber-only Discord show on Sunday morning. If you're looking for uh, a full slate of all DFS talk, every Friday streaming uh, DFS MVP with Matt Savoka, That's 3 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube. The audio comes out um, about the same time this comes out a little bit earlier.
0: There you go. Look, if you found this at the DFS MVP feed, you already know about all that great stuff. If you found this at the Yahoo feed, definitely make sure to go check it out. And again, if you found this at DFS MVP, subscribe to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast. We can do a lot of great different, a lot of different styles of show all through the week, different hosts, the whole thing. So make sure you subscribe wherever you find podcasts, wherever you're listening to this, and go check it out. All right, that's it for us. I'm at Matt Harmon underscore BYB. That's at TJ Hernandez. Check us out on Twitter at Yahoo Fantasy. Until then, we're out.